newer, younger business owner, not necessarily young in age, but young in business, oh, that person is going to say yes to every opportunity. Most new agents, new business owners don't understand that, yes, you do have to put in your time, you do have to put in that effort, and you, you have to, and, you know, the common one is pay your dues. But in reality, like, you don't have to sacrifice yourself and your morals and who you are in order to do that. Welcome to Let's Talk Real with Mel. We are here with Emily Terrell. Hello, everybody. Out of San Antonio, Texas, team leader and Tom Ferry coach. I am. I am. Tell us a little bit about your... Sure. So I am a real estate agent, as you can know, in San Antonio, Texas. I'm also a mom. I'm an investor and I am a traveler for food. So I like to do all of those things here in my life right now. It's kind of what I built my life towards. So... um. Well, yeah, by design. I mean, definitely by design. It's one of the things that I'm, um, so I, as you mentioned, I'm a Tom Ferry coach. I've actually been in coaching for seven years. I still have my coach. Um, and probably about four years ago, I decided to come up with more of a set of life goals that I wanted to live by instead of just going with selling real estate, like just having a real estate goal was no longer what I wanted to do. So I uh, picked up my life goals. And one of the big things for me at the time was I just had my second kid. And I was actually at Summit and Tom got on stage and he was like, you know, he was doing the ask me anything. And so I got up, there was a last question. I literally just walked in the room and they saw me and I asked the question. And I was like, hey, um, I know what to do because I sell a lot, but I, I want to know how to get rid of the mom guilt. How do you get over that? And Tom gave me this great advice. I'm going to paraphrase it. Before the advice, explain what the mom guilt is for, for my non-moms and dads out there that may so, not know. So keep in mind, there's mom guilt, but it's not just mom guilt. So when I say the word mom guilt, you can really use any type of other guilt. It's the guilt of not being there and not doing it. Now, that also applies to someone. Let's say you got gym membership and you're so busy in life that you don't get to go to the gym and you have that guilt. Or you get a dog and your dog spends all day in the crate because you're showing homes or running your business or, you know, at the restaurant you own or anything like that. Just that guilt of not being there. And it's with dads, too. Dads get a huge amount of guilt. It's not talked about as much, but it's huge. My husband has dad guilt all the time because he works a lot. So, you know, I was struggling with that. I was struggling with, in my case, was mom guilt. Um, so I, I kind of asked Tom, how do we get over that? And his big advice to me, which was the best, in my opinion, advice, his advice was just include your kids. You just have them with you. Make them part of your marketing plan. Make them on your, like, put them on your vision board. Like, let them be a part of it. So from then on, I chose to put my children first ahead of my career. And what actually happened is my quality of life in general went up because I was happier. I was less stressed about not being with them. I was less stressed about having to literally on my birthday at nine o'clock at night, go and show a last minute house, a little tipsy because, you know, somebody wanted to see it. I learned to say no. I learned to, to do that. And it actually kind of helped, um, helped me in my, in my business and my career as far as bringing them in. And then also I bring my kids in marketing so people know my kids. Yeah. And they know that my kids are going to show up and that if they want to see a house, they're adamant, then their kids are going to be there. So it's kind of part of, um, you know, why I'm a big advocate, advocate. So when I coach, I coach a lot of parents, actually. Yeah, I think the saying the no, saying no part is a, is a challenge for especially a, 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 a newer, younger business owner, not necessarily young in age, but young in business. Oh, 100%. That person is going to say yes to every opportunity, unfortunately. 
so that's a that's a big point. Most new agents, new business owners don't understand that yes, you do have to put in your time, you do have to put in that effort and you you'd have to in you know, the common word is pay your dues. But in reality, like you don't have to sacrifice yourself and your morals and who you are in order to do that. So an example. Um <laughs> This is great. So I have I have a business partner now. She's actually a newer agent. Um, she's kind of a buyer's agent for me. She also goes on listing appointments for me when I'm not available. So uh, we were working with an expired. She went on the listing appointment. And uh, this gentleman has a full beard with beads, which is great. But he's also fully tattooed from the waist up. And we know this because he did the listing appointment with no shirt on the whole time. Okay. So, at the door. Oh, everything. Come sit at the table. Everything shirtless okay. which is fine i mean you know what you do you that's great hopefully in great shape no okay. not not in any way okay no it was it was the worst possible <laughs> scenario you could be in okay anyway so she did this listing appointment and she calls me and she gets done and she's like emily i know we need to take listings but he was very disrespectful he was asking in my opinion way too many personal questions asking me what i drove how many kids i have what my husband does what you drive, what you're, it was just a lot. And he was, he would ask me a question. He wouldn't let me talk. He was, he was very rude and it, it just was a not a good fit. She, and he was naked. And he was half naked. No. Actually, she didn't tell me that until afterwards. Okay. She told me all the other stuff first. And then I found out he was half naked and I was like, okay. So I actually went back to her and I said, hey, Marissa, do you feel comfortable taking this listing? I said, this is the amount of money. Let's, let's be clear. This is the amount of money it is. And keep in mind, this was a $750,000 listing. That's double the average sales price in my market. Okay. Okay. Huge amount of money. I said, Marissa, how comfortable are you taking that listing? You are allowed to say no. I do not. I will not get mad either way. And she said, Emily, I just, I'm not. I don't know if I can handle talking to him on a regular basis. I don't know if that's going to be good for me as an agent. And I said, okay. Text him and tell him thank you for your time, but we're not we're not interested. That we wish him luck in his journey, but we're not interested in having his listing. And she was so relieved that it actually gave her confidence to go after more leads and more people because she she was relieved that she didn't have to work with him. And for her, that's a that's a big deal as a newer agent, understanding that the money is great, but your integrity and having to work with someone that you just can't work with is a big deal. Like not having to do that, not having to put herself in that position. Yeah, sacrificing just for the dollar yep. sake when you're giving up in so many other areas. And think about it this way. If you if you put it into perspective, he would have cost us a lot of time. He would have cost us money in marketing, but he would have cost us a lot of time and a lot of stress. And then also, you know, we would have been stressed out and I would have had to do stress relieving techniques with her and we would have had to work through all of that and that would have taken more time. So in reality, it doesn't really matter how much we would have made because our dollar per hour that we're actually making would have dropped for every additional hour that we worked on that listing. And that's okay sometimes. Sometimes there's hard listings. But when it causes you that much stress, it's okay to say no. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's awesome. So um, because a lot of people don't, I mean, we know we don't do it. And I've, and I'm, I'm you know, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations <laughs> where I've taken it and taken the work and, and then realized after the fact, Oh, you know, up. that I shouldn't have taken it and oh, yeah. and all businesses are necessarily good business. So true. Now, how'd you start? I mean, how long have you been in real estate? And uh, so I was a little bit about you. in real estate, actually seven years, about the same time I've had a coach. Okay. Um, I was bored at home. I was a stay-at-home mom. I actually, despite the fact that I have mom guilt, I'm actually not a good stay-at-home mom. Okay. I actually 
am less stressed out with my children when they do go to daycare um, just because I I can also contribute because that's a big thing for me. In my marriage, I was stay-at-home mom. I was contributing, so I had all this guilt associated with that. I got to spend time with my kids, but I had the guilt of not contributing. So yeah, it's a double-edged sword a little bit for moms and dads. It's, it's all there. It's a double-edged sword. You feel like you have to have the gym membership, but then you feel guilty that you don't use it, that kind of stuff. What? So I kind of felt guilty. I had, I had, I could sense some resentment growing. So I was like, you know what? I like selling our house when we sold it in Dallas. I'm going to, I'm going to do real estate. It's easy. I can set my own schedule. I mean, I feel like that's what I actually said to myself too. I, I, yeah, I, I can see that. Schedule. I'll mm-hmm. make all this extra money. Absolutely. Realtors have a great life. They do. I get to party all the time. Yeah. For- so I was like, I'll do this. Well, what happened is I realized I was really good at talking to people and I was really good at communicating. So it just kind of skyrocketed for me really quickly. And I realized I had no idea what I was actually doing. There was a lot of spaghetti being thrown at a wall. Yeah, a good amount of it was sticking, but it wasn't productive. Um, so I got into Tom Ferry coaching as a client. And then from there, my coach helped me build systems and helped me just build systems in a way that were scalable and repeatable so that as I grew. So, for example, um, the year I was pregnant, I had my kid. Mm-hmm. I did 76 transactions. So. Wow. But yeah, by myself, like completely by myself. I didn't have a TC at anything. So I was able to do that. No TC, no, 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 no admin t- support, no, nothing. No, just systems on the back end. So I was able to do that because I put those systems into place. There's absolutely no way I could have ran in that many transactions in my head. And actually, it wasn't even the full year. It was only from uh, March till December. And I had my kid in December. So it was only actually during that time because I had had a really slow ramp up for some reason. I had like spent too much time into some transactions before that. So I had a little bit of that first quarter was really rough for me. Were you like, do, were you like on the phone in the hospital like uh, during labor? Like Not- trying to finesse a deal? Um, so actually, I had my baby, and I'm laying there with him because that's kind of what you do right afterwards. But- and my phone rang, and it was a client. It was 55 minutes later, and I remember because he calls, and he asked me a question, and I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I can't answer this question right now, but I'm going to text. I'm going to get you the answer. And I was like, I just had a baby. And he goes, oh, ha, 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 what, 10 minutes ago? And I was like, no, 55. And he was like, he just freaked and he was like, I'm so, f-, and he used the word flabbergasted. I'm so flabbergasted. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. But I do have to go. Yeah. I was like, but can I, can I get like, you know, can I go? And so I did answer the phone 55 minutes later. And then I had the baby on Tuesday and I was showing a house on Friday, actually. But that's okay. Like it fit. I liked it. It's where I go get her. Yeah. I, I do. I work a lot. Um, I joke around that I'm a super lazy agent, but I'm not really. I just, I'm highly motivated to take naps. So I build things to where I can take naps. But I do have a lot to do, though, with kids and investments yeah. and coaching and real estate and beach life. It's a lot. Yeah, so you probably work more than, you know, 10 hours a week. Or- probably. Um, so during the height of my real estate time, whenever I was doing 75, 76 transactions a year, I probably worked 60 to 70 hours a week um, because I didn't have a buyer's agent. So I was showing a lot of houses. Um, when I added on buyer's agent, so now um, I set the business at doing, I try to do 30 transactions. It usually always ends up being 45. Um, but I set the business, but now I cut my hours of working time back on real estate because I added a partner in um, maybe 15 to 20 hours because I do operator and build the systems. Right. She does the showing. She'll go to listing appointments. Not every single one, but I would say 95% of them. 
and it works for her because she's and I love her. Her name is Marissa, by the way. Um, it's kind of like Ricky Bobby, you know, where he's like doing the interview and he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> that's that's Marissa. She doesn't know how to lead generate. Okay. She's learning. Right. But she just has so a partnership. Yeah. I mean, if, if you guys both did the same thing, you wouldn't meet each other. Nope. And she's great. She's like, I don't really want to know. Can you just set all that up and I'll do this part? Perfect. Because I love setting it up. I mean, I coach to it all the time. That's what I like to do. And then she does the other end. She gets to talk to people more. Even though I'm good at it, she really likes it. She's in that part of her career where that's like her passion right now. Right. So she's excited. She gets her part. I get my part. And it works great for both of us. Good team. And if it doesn't, we have great communication to where she knows if she has an issue, she just comes to me. She just tells and me. Vice versa. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. If if I don't think she's contributing enough, we'll make a change. And it works for us. It's It's fluid. It's not so set in stone where we can't change it at any time. Mm-hmm. But it also, you know, I have great trust in her, and I know that she's always going to continue to work to get us business at all times. Yeah, and I think the com- the communication that's one of the number one reasons mm-hmm. why, as real estate professionals, and I'll say as any business owner, maybe loses out on future business opportunities. Oh, yeah. from same clients. Yep. Because of either lack of communication, poor communication, no communication at all. Um, so that's that's interesting that that you guys have that dynamic. How does that translate into with your with your coaching clients? So with my coaching clients, I, I coach them very similar. So, and talking about communication, so I work a lot of expireds and a lot of my coaching clients work expireds. And the general consensus between us is that communication is the number one complaint that people have when their listing expires. They didn't know what was happening with their agents. So I, um, have you ever read Chris Voss's book, The Art of Negotiation? Yeah, never split the difference. Yeah, never split the difference. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah, never split the difference, the art of negotiation. That's what it is. So he was on Summit. He was at Summit 2018, 2019, yeah. somewhere in there. A couple years ago. A couple years ago. And one thing that he said that has resonated with me, and it's also talked about in his book, is when you're communicating with someone, you tell them what you're going to say. And then you do it. And it doesn't matter if you're calling them to say, I have no news. You still, when you tell them you're going to call, you call. And that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember the message as much. They're going to remember that you said you were going to call and you did. Right. Or didn't. Yeah. Or didn't. And that's a big part of it is the or didn't. So all of my clients, what I coach them to do is part of their their SOPs, their standard operating procedures when it comes to listings, buyers, or any of it, is to set up a communication plan so that they know the times that they're going to communicate, how they're going to communicate, you know, if it's during a transaction, are they reaching out to the lender every Monday, whether they're buyer or seller side, reaching out every Monday and then providing an update then to their client, whether it's the buyer or seller, and also reaching out to title. Like, title's a little less. It'll probably be every two weeks. But, you know, regardless, are they setting update. those milestones? Yeah. Or one thing I like to have them do is I like to have them film YouTube videos that are put on the as private links, and they answer the questions that everybody wants to ask already. For example, in Texas, uh, when is the like, what happens after the option period is over? Um, when is the appraisal going to happen? You know, asking other agents, you know, have you sent in your repair request? Stuff like that. Questions that I already know that they're going to ask. So I go ahead and pre-answer them. And then they're set up in emails to where they just get emailed out to the clients at the appropriate times. This way I already answer the questions. Checklist. Yep. Checklist system. So that's your thing. Yep. So you So I'm sure that you've got everything organized, everything in a box, everything just so. And you're high D driver personality you get it yeah. done so i'm sure you never have any 
rough patches or oh. any situations in real estate. All the time. Tell, tell us about a, 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 a crazy situation okay. that did not go according to your checklist. Hmm. My favorite one, this one happened just recently. This was the absolute craziest thing I've ever had happen. And I, I just, I've never had this happen before. So we got had a had a it was right and it just happened. So it was right at the end of when this the market started kind of changing a little bit. Just like, right during that time. So June is. Uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. So the whole thing culminated in July, or okay. in August, uh, October. Okay. But we listed a house in June at the end of June. We get an offer day one, sight unseen, and I'm like, okay, hey, let's you know I called the agent. I'm like, look, you need to show the person. I I don't like blind offers. Go ahead and show the person, and then we'll look at your offer. So they do. So they look at the offer and everything looks good. Had a lender letter. We pre-qualified the person. Everything was good. So we did all that. Go under contract. Then the artist money. Um, it took like, it took it the, up to the last moment to deposit it. We're like, okay. So it gets deposited. And then all of a sudden I get a call from the lender and she's like, hey, listen, um, we're, we're going through some of this paperwork doesn't look right. Hmm. We're like, okay. So that takes about a week to culminate. Well, during that time, we find out that the check that they deposited for earnest money. they returned. Yeah, gets bounced. So I'm like, nope. So the first time in my career, we do a seller's termination of the contract. In Texas, that's very rare. Okay. So we terminate. Okay, great. So then a couple of days later, the same person comes back and is like, I'm so sorry, has all these excuses. And they're going to wire the funds. And I'm like, well, when they get wired, then, then we'll talk. So that doesn't really happen. Um, you know, a couple of those things. And they, that person actually brings a fake check to title and everything. But we're, I'm not letting my clients resign a contract okay. until, like, check is cleared, everything's in there. Right. Not happening. Well, then we get another offer. This is a gentleman. Okay, great. His lender letter checks out. Um, we go into contract. And this one is uh, an as-is contract. So we're like, okay. Okay. Great. Looks, everything looks good. So we go under contract with that one earnest money never gets deposited and we're like oh my gosh when is this yeah we're like right. freaking out mm-hmm. and i'm like holy crap holy crap so then we we i do another seller termination again never did it before never and did it twice it in a row twice on the same house and we're like oh my god now in the first case maybe it's the house it, well the lady called me the agent called me in the first house all right the first person they they put the offer in they get a they all of a sudden fire their first agent and it's another agent calling with like the the wire and everything so we're like, uh, so then the sec, the guy, his agent, they put the offer in, you know, they never deposit their earnest money. Then all of a sudden another agent calls and was, and was like, oh, he fired that agent. And this is a new agent. We're like, wait, this doesn't know what's, what's going on. Coincidence. Yeah. So then we go through, we, we go through that. Finally, we just, we completely stop. Like we won't accept any, any type of offer like that or anything. Right. So then we, eventually we get another contract in we go under contract it's actually really good um we get all the way to the closing table we close um and we're good well those buyers show up to the house and they sent us a picture and my client had moved out on thursday night or friday morning i'm so sorry but then the buyers couldn't take possession till monday okay so they get there and they're like oh your seller left some stuff and we're like huh she'd been like she like moved herself downstairs and was living downstairs because there's like a full bathroom and everything downstairs. Okay. So we're like, what are you talking about? So they send me pictures and upstairs there's like toiletries everywhere. And the there's a house. It, well, just toiletries and then like an air mattress and stuff. And we're like, what? Okay. 
So we're trying to figure this out. Well, all of a sudden, the cops show up. And we're like, what is happening? So it turns out that the person from the first offer and the person from the second offer were the same person. Okay. I was wondering. Yeah. And they had, when they had seen the house, the agent just gave them the code to get in. And that person had actually been living upstairs the whole time while my client was living downstairs. And they, that person is the one that called the cops and was trying to steal the house. Had like all this fake paperwork from title and the cops. Like, this is my house. Yeah. Was telling them, this is my house. And the cops were going to let that person, because they didn't know. They did not. Yeah, they don't, they don't like to get involved. No, no. And they were like, look, basically they were telling the, the new buyer, the actual buyers, like, no, you, you, you're going to just gonna have to go to court. You're going to have to hire an attorney to get this person out because they were going to let that person stay. And so I had to drive there. I'm like, I'm leaving to come to a Tom Ferry event the next morning at like eight in the morning. I'm like going to the airport and I'm driving at nine o'clock at night, literally 45 minutes across town to go and verify with the police that in fact, that paperwork is fake, that all she has is- Then they had the full paperwork document. Oh yeah, oh she did. And I was like, no, this is fake. Here's the real one. I had to call a title company and get them involved. And then the agent that represented, we had to call the agent that represented that was on the paperwork this person provided just for them to verify that it didn't close. It was a lot. And so I was there for probably about two hours verifying with the cops. And then they um, they eventually, they were like, oh, okay, now we understand. I had to explain to them the real estate process. I had to educate them. Okay. And so we, we got through that. And then the, the buyers were so like, they were so relieved because technically I had to explain to them like, look, I don't represent the seller anymore. Your agent doesn't represent you. The contract is closed. And, you know, for liability purposes, we don't represent you guys. We're just here to be We're trying to help. Yeah, we're trying to help. But even my broker, because I called on the way there, my broker's like, don't go. Don't go. So and I'm like, listen, I can't not go. I'm a human. And so we, but it was the craziest time. I've never had anybody try to steal a house like that. I mean, I've had homeless people, but that doesn't count. Yeah. Like, this is somebody, like, legit trying With to. With paperwork, <laughs> trying to. And, and, like, have them and do seller's termination. And then come to find out that that person had been living upstairs while that, my seller. That's the the, the wildest part. That mm-hmm. the, and the seller did. Was there like a separate entrance? Seller was going in and out. Like no. So what we think is that so my seller always used the garage, and this person had the key to the front door. So we only like she only ever used the garage. So she was just going in and out there. So she never went to the front door. Never noticed that you know. And the key was never one had no reason to go upstairs to the bedroom. Nope. Everything was moved out of there. It was clean. So she wasn't going up there. Now, one thing she did notice and how we figured it out is the air conditioner kept changing. It kept, oh, the temperature. Mm-hmm. It all of a sudden would go like 60 degrees upstairs. And she's like, what is going on? Like, and she thought it was, you know, the device. She would like have the company come out and check it and everything. <laughs> Nothing. It was this person changing it and like putting it up. And then when the when this person noticed that my client officially moved out on that Friday, that's when she brought a bunch of food and stuff in. So the fridge was like full of food and, and beer and stuff like that. It was nuts. So fun. It was absolutely the craziest thing I've ever had happen. And I've had lots of stuff, but that was just, I just couldn't believe it. It was so like, I feel like I'm making up the story, but I legit went through it. Did, did you retain copies of the paperwork for no, evidence? Oh, no. That's like a like, whole story. You could do like a whole like. Um, oh, absolutely. CSI thing. Absolutely. Well, good news is I can actually print a lot of it because she just had contracts she went through with it. But it was just we were completely shocked that this was happening. And my partner was like freaking out on the phone. She, she'd never done that. Like that never happened before. So 
Oh yeah, and she yeah she she thought the 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 half naked man was something. Oh yeah, she thought that this was bad. Was, right, well, this, this was, was yeah, really bad. Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay, now so we've we talked about um, challenge, you know, work mm. challenge. How have ha, or have you had? You know, we all have faced adversity, um, and that I'm sure was not the most trying time that you've had. What challenge have you had to overcome and push through or persevere? And, and how did you how did you cope with whatever it was to still move move forward because a lot of times we will uh or sometimes mm -hmm. you know we can get derailed as small business owners yep. you know things will happen and, and it can really take us for a loop and and really our everything goes sideways yep so i've really had that happen twice um so when i was you know kind of towards the beginning of my career i had these crazy couple months where i just was doing deals left and right just doing tons of deals and what I actually found is that I was spending a significant amount of time within the transaction. I was, you know, working through getting stuff closed, doing all this stuff. Actually, what's funny is the people that I helped sell their house that got stolen, they were one of the closings during that time. Okay. I had three in one day and they were one of the three. So I Good day. Oh yeah, it was a great day. Um, but I was closing a lot of transactions. I think I closed like seven transactions in a month and it was the month of October and it was just a crazy time. Well, here's the problem. You know what happens when you spend so much time within a transaction? You're not marketing. And so my business took a complete nosedive. I didn't have, I didn't have any, any transactions in November, nothing in December, nothing in January. I think I had a tiny $45,000 lot close in February. I think I maybe had a house close in March. The good news is, is I worked with my coach. We worked on, as soon as we started noticing that this was happening, we started implementing crazy lead gen sources, like adding those in, starting to build um, things that I could do long-term mm -hmm. instead of just sitting there and feeling sorry for myself. Um, so I started doing that, working on the daily tasks of things that I do. And it's actually where I got into the habit of every day, every single day, Monday through Sunday, I do at least 30 minutes of lead generation, something. It has to be something. And most of the time, now it's completely planned out. But at the time, it was 30 minutes of what I can do at that time. So it's 30 minutes of lead generation so that I'm talking to new people. I am texting follow-ups. I am reaching out to past clients. I'm reaching out to expires for sell-by-owners. All my lead generation pillars. Social media is a big one for me now. I go through all of that um, on a daily basis, I have, I'm doing something towards it. And I, what I found is as long as I'm actively lead generating and it's what I get all my coaching clients to do too. Right. As long as they're. That's true. Cause that's your area of expertise. Yep. So as long as I'm doing something and as long as they're doing something and being intentional, then it works. It, it helps to build those deals and it helps to build lead sources that are more sustainable so that you don't have those giant dips like I had. And it's, it's a big deal. Um, and a good example of this is I have a coaching client. Her name is Destiny. She's been an agent for a year. And she's actually just this week going to get into contract on her first transaction ever. Okay. I didn't get her as a coaching client until about two and a half months ago. Um, before then, she wasn't being daily, like intentional on a daily basis. And so now every day she has to justify to me what she does on a daily basis. What is that thing? And I make her tell me. What did you do today? What are you doing tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And since she started doing that now, like I said, she's getting a buyer under contract on a new construction home. And she's also got two listings that are coming up literally directly after 
the new year to start working with them. And it's because she's being intentional. She's actually seeing traction with what she's doing. Yeah, and I think the the biggest piece of that is that daily accountability. Mm. Yep. We as small business owners, we think that sometimes that um, the business just happens. And even the best restaurant in the world that might have a killer Valentine's Day and sell more steak dinners than ever before, that they would not be able to survive if that was their only. Yep. Yeah. All the day, so they have to do things every day. Yep. You have to to generate business. Yep. You have to cater to that. You have to find, you know, who your audience is, and you really same thing with social media. You find who your audience is, and you work towards it. Um, if I don't do my social media pretty much every day, I notice a dip. So I'll go through and I make sure and I post every day. Same thing with small businesses. Um, where we go to the beach, we stay at an RV park, and the RV park literally in the summer, like it's they turn people away. But the problem is, is after the summer, after Labor Day, it just completely dies. So what they did is they started catering towards the snowbirds. So people that come in from all over the country, they actually cater all of their activities towards snowbirds. They have people that create um, activities. They have an activities director strictly for snowbirds. Like they don't look at any of that during the summer. They do it specifically for snowbirds. And it's a great it's a great tactic because they're, you know, that's. They use the, the money that comes in from the snowbirds to really cover their expenses. And then the summer are their profits. And it's great because they have their busier season for their profits. And then the snowbirds cover all of their maintenance, their maintenance expenses and everything like that. That's how they pay all their employees and stuff is by parsing those out. And they're able to build that way. And now it's, I mean, it's, it's a fun RV park. I'm glad I'm there all the time. So I get to see the differences of how they run the business through the years. Pretty so, cool. So yeah. cool. So, let, I'm going to have a quote of the day. Oh, all right. Bar new hair. Okay. Forget work-life balance. Do the thing that you want and create systems to support that. Perfectly and balanced in the direction you want to go perfectly acceptable. Richard Norton. All right. All right. So, you're in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. How, what are your projections for your team? So, right now... Two person, three person. You got some some administrative help. I mean, yep. do you do you do you intend to? You know, I know you're very intentional. Do you intend to grow a big team? Do you like where you are? What's your what is your plan? So I haven't 100 percent decided. Okay, I'm really I'm at a, like a a crossroads right now. Uh, do I have a person right now that's helping me build in the way it is? Yes. Am I comfortable with where I'm at in my business? 100 percent yes. Here's the thing though, and this is where I pause on deciding. The person that I work with will not be comfortable at this where I'm at because she doesn't have all the other stuff to do. She's not going to be comfortable forever at 30 transactions a year. She won't be. And it's it's fine, but I need to understand that and decide, okay, if I want to continue on my path of having her as a partner run the business, what do I need to do to support her? So most likely what we're going to do is build a larger team but I will still maintain operation side of it. And she'll move more into the facing team lead of it with me operating on the back. Okay, on the back. Kind of like a silent partner. Almost. Yep, pretty much. And that's and that's specifically how we build it. I'm actually not concerned about deals having to be my name and getting recognition. I've had that. That's fine. I don't need that. But with her, it's it's good for her too. Plus, it also really helps build that relationship with her where I can support her in that. And I understand my role and she understands hers. So most likely, though, we'll end up, and I'm actually already laying the groundwork for it. 
because it's just how I coach. Um, but I'm already laying the groundwork for us to build that bigger team. Um, and then depending on how large we go just kind of depends on what I'm looking for as far as, you know, the, where we end up. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. If we're comfortable with two or three agents, then we'll stick with that. You never know. I might be sitting here next year with like 10 or 15 agents. Like what? Last time we talked, <laughs> it was just you and the partner and like a TC and now you've got like 40, 40 teammates. I know. I know. I feel, I feel like I might choke if I do that, but I, you never know. All right. So if, if, you know, if I was in San Antonio, I knew someone in San Antonio and they wanted to join your team, sure. you know, um, would you, are you open to newer agents? Are you looking for experienced agents? What is your avatar? Honestly, it has nothing to do with how long you've been an agent. It has to do with your mindset. Okay. And, and here's the biggest thing for me. And I do this on purpose. When I interview agents, I specifically give them a task in which I know that they cannot answer or do immediately right there. But I give it to them and I put them on the struggle bus a little bit because I want to make sure that they can think outside of the box and figure out how to complete it without me having to tell them. I don't mind if they ask, but I want them to try to figure it out first. And if they can't, it, it's, and it's strictly a mindset thing because here's the deal. Guess what? They should just pick up their phone and Google it and figure out the answer. And that should be the response. And that's the response I'm looking for. But I want them to demonstrate that skill and that ability to problem solve without me having to guide them. Right. Just a simple, a little adversity. Yep. A little persistence. That's, that's, it's specifically, that's what I'm looking for. Any agent that I work with, I'm looking for that. And if, if, you know, and if you're not able to figure out that skill set on your own, then, you know, there's only so much we can coach on something like that. So that's very specifically what I'm looking for. If you sold 200 houses in a year, you've never sold any. That does not matter because we can train to all of that. Mm -hmm. It really has to do with, you know, mindset and how you problem solve. Got it. And so now, so then, so we've got that agent that, that has a healthy mindset mm -hmm. and or someone that wants to buy a house or sell a house in San Antonio or surrounding areas. How will we reach you? So um, best way to reach me is actually through my Instagram. It, I check that the most. Um, it's going to be Emily Terrell underscore EXP. And the reason I say that one is because I have another one. Okay. <laughs> where I just bitch about mom stuff. Right. I do. Right. I do. Um, but it's Emily Terrell underscore EXP. If you send me a message. Two I'll, R's, two L's. Yep. Two R's and two L's. Okay. Actually two E's too, but that throws me right. back. So Emily Terrell underscore EXP, and I respond to everybody on there. I always look at the filtered messages and everything. So I'll be able to respond to you and help you out, whether it's to buy, sell, whether you're looking to join or a help, team. Join the team, help, help them build their business. Yes. Or, yeah, you're looking for a real estate coach. Obviously, I do that all the time. So any of that stuff, I'm definitely an open book for it. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Not a <laughs>